Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. It's great to have you guys here today. We're so glad that you joined us. Uh, and uh, so we're talking about this one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Today I want to talk to you about being indivisible. What does that mean? Indivisibility. It is where we are undivided. We are unable to be separated. We are unified. We are strong. We stand strong no matter what. We stand as one. What's interesting is Jesus, in all of his prayers, he prayed for lots of things, and one of the greatest things he prayed for was indivisibility, to not be divided as a Christian nation, as a Christian people. Here's what he says in John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23. It says, I pray also that those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. That they would be one people, one spirit, one thought, so that they may be brought to complete unity, Jesus said. This is his prayer in John. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What did Jesus pray? Jesus said, I ask you, Father, while he was walking here on earth, while he was dwelling here on this planet, he said, Father, I ask you, make my church one. One voice, one truth, one Savior and Lord. Why? Why was it so important that Jesus prayed to make us one? Because if we as a church cannot demonstrate to the world what it means to be unified, what hope is there in the world. We are to be the example of what it means to get along even though we disagree politically. It's okay that you disagree with me when it comes to politics because when it comes right down to it, There is no absolute truth in politics. There is no absolute truth. I will not be divided. I will not be divided by you because you think something's absolute truth in politics. There is not absolute truth. You can say, well, this is my truth. It's your truth, but that's not absolute truth. The only absolute truth that we ever have in this world is found right here in this scripture, and not one time does it say, thou shalt be a Republican, or thou shalt be a Democrat, or a Libertarian, or a Unitarian, or a Vegetarian, whatever you want to be. Doesn't say it. So I'm not going to be at odds with you as my fellow brothers and sisters just because because you don't see the way I see it. I know that 
pastors are not supposed to have political views. I have political views. I am a human being. I will never share them publicly in this format. But I have public views. I have my political views. I have my own thoughts, just like all of us do. But ultimately, regardless if I have my, public, my, my opinions or my political views and you have yours, if they are at odds with each other, guess what? We should be okay with the fact that we don't see eye to eye, and that's okay. It's all right that you're wrong. It's okay, really. It's really okay. But we've made it into something bigger than what it is. Well, I can't have them on my social media feed because I can't stand reading about their political views. Why? What's so offensive about their political views? It's their view. Right. Well, I'm going to unfollow them. Okay. So now all you have on your feed is nothing but people that feed your ego and everything you, th everything you think is right. right. I like having people that see opposite than me on my feed because I like laughing. good humor. I don't comment about it. I don't poke at them. That's their view. Why do we, since when have we become so passive aggressive that we use social media as a way to bully each other around? Is it not just the silliest thing ever? It's silly. Why is, why is it so important to be united and why are we so divided? We're so divided because this is why. Scripture says, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of the air and the spiritual forces of this dark realm. The reason why we're divided in the church so much is because we've allowed the enemy to deceive us to think that we have a right to this political view. And if, if I believe it, then it's got to be right, and you're wrong. I've heard people go as far to say, if you stand for this party, you must not be a Christian. Stop it. Stop being silly. That's just stupid. You may have your strong opinions about your political party, but it does not make you absolute truth and absolute right. Let's give some grace to each other, could we? Can we just be gracious to each other? Can we demonstrate to the world what it is to get along? Because they're looking for something, they're looking for some example somewhere. We are to be the shining light on the hill that people can look to and say, you know what, that guy goes to Crossview He's a Democrat. And that guy goes across, and they're Republican. And they're standing by each other and worshiping in church, and it's okay. Lighting didn't strike either one of them. Amazing. The enemy, the spiritual enemy of our soul, wants to divide us. He wants to separate us. He wants to get you upset about things that are so trivial and so silly and so useless that you then get upset with your fellow brothers and sisters and following Christ, and then you say, that's it, I'm done. I'm not going to sit by you anymore. Can't be around you. See, Jesus knew this was going to happen. He knew the enemy was going to try to steal, kill, and destroy the unity in the church. But Jesus came to bring unity to us. He prayed, Father, my family's big. And if you know anything about family, they all are screwed up. Anybody got any screwed up family in your life? Anybody? I won't, cameras won't be on you. It's okay. You can be honest. We won't put you on the screen. Nobody will see you. We all have messed up. We all have little quirks in our family. We still love them. We still care about them. We still are there for them if they need us. Because why? We're one. We're a family as one. So why are we so divided? Why are we so divided? If you have your notes, write this down. I have 
several ideas, and I'm not, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just a uh, kind of a mini list that's going to kind of summarize a lot of areas in, in one little area. But why, what's the reason for division? Why are we so divided as people? Not just as a country, but inside the church. Why are we so divided? Why is there so much uh, frac- uh, uh, factions and break-aparts and everything inside the church? Well, here's the first reason. Reason number one is appearance. We're divided because we have a certain idea about how people should look, how they should present themselves, how they should act and behave, and their appearance is the first thing we see about people. They did a a study of a hitchhiker dressed up very bummy, very dirty. Didn't smell, but he looked like he smelled, and he was really dirty and filthy, and he was hitchhiking. And they took a, took a number on how many cars stopped and offered that hitchhiker a ride. Then they took the same guy, cleaned him up, put him in a suit, put him on the same area, straight, same stretch of highway. All the scenarios were exactly the same except one thing. They changed his suit, what he wore. The number of cars that stopped quadrupled over the other. Why? Because appearance matters at times to all of us. Think about your own life. How many times have you judged someone because of their external appearance? Right? Anybody anybody ever judged anyone for their external appearance? Some of you judged my shirt when I walked in today. I know it. I know it was you. What's he got on? Looks like a 70s band called Petra. We judge people by their tattoos and their color of their hair and the piercings they have. We judge people by we judge people by how dressed up they are and how dressed down they are and where they're at here and where they're at there. We judge people all the time. Why? By appearance. Here's one, a big one. Big one happening right now. Big one. Ready? Mask. Come on. We judge people whether they wear a mask or not. Don't we? And, and listen, listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, and I'm going to be very cautious to walk a fine line here. It's okay whether you wear a mask or not. Can we just be okay with that? I realize everybody's got their opinion, and everybody that does, if you don't wear a mask, all the people wearing masks go, shame on you. And then if you wear a mask, if you don't wear a mask, you look at the others and go, what, are you scared? You know, it's just that kind of thing. It's just like, that's what goes on. Here's the deal. It's okay. Now, if you get out and you walk around in your underwear, that's not okay, right? Sorry, Tori. Just, let's just, if we can't get okay with it in the church, and I love this church. I love you guys. There's those that wear, those that don't, and I've never heard any condemnation come either way. There's been such grace and such love. This is the demonstration we must demonstrate in the world, right? We must demonstrate it. So number one, appearance. Second thought is this that I have is ancestry. Your, your upbringing, your race, your nationality, your ethnic background. This divides. This is why we see so much of this racial tension that's taking place because the world wants to focus on it and wants to capitalize on it, but we in the church must diminish it. 
Paul said in the church, there's no such thing as black and white and race and ethnicity. We're all one in Jesus Christ. Is there such thing as racist, racism in this, in this world, in this nation? Yes. And it goes always. It's not omnidirectional. I'm sorry, it's not unidirectional. It's omnidirectional. It goes both ways. Racism is bipartisan. It goes every direction. It is the thing that separates and divides. It's the thing that can break us down. So we have appearance, ancestry. Number three, your age discriminates and divides. You're young. You're old. I was once young, and now I'm just a little bit older. Pastor Terry's old. <laughs> Age discriminates. I had a professor in college that was trying to give a demonstration about when you preach. He said, now don't try to be cool. Don't try to use the lingo of the young people. Try to just stay in your lane, be your age, and everything like that. And back in the day, this is a long time ago, if you guys remember the statement that was, get jiggy with it. You guys remember that statement? That's an old statement, getting jiggy with it. So he says up, he says, and this is no fault, this was absolute truth. He's in front, he says, so when you're preaching and when you're talking, don't ever say getting ziggy with it. We're looking around the room. We're like, do we correct him on it? And he was serious. He's like, don't try to be cool that way. Don't try to say getting ziggy with it. <laughs> so finally, being who I am, uh, is, is that, was that an illustration? I said, sir, was that an illustration to show us what it's like not to be cool? He goes, no, I was using the lingo of the day. I said, no, ziggy is a character, and jiggy is where you dance and you're, you're dancing out loud. And he went, Oh, well, there goes my prime example. Don't try to be cool. <laughs> Didn't mean to. Number four, not just appearance, ancestry, age, but achievement, education, higher education, master's degree, uh, doctorate. We, we had, your achievement gets you someplace. Well, where are you at in the totem pole of hierarchy in your job? And how much money do you make? And you know, what's your, you know, how big is your car? And what do you drive? How big is your house? And, you know, all those kind of things. Achievement divides us and separates us. Number five is affluence. What is affluence? Affluence is how you use money to get your way. Affluence is how you at times could use money to get favors done. It brings division. In fact, I, I'm not going to go into the passage, but uh, James talks about this. Uh, a, uh, a poor man came in, and they kind of sat him down. They just kind of didn't really pay attention to him, just kind of put him at a no place of honor. But then a wealthy guy walked in with fine linens and rings on his finger, and they ushered him up to the front, and they treated him with a, a higher authority. Why? Because they thought his affluence made him more valuable. And we see this every day. We see the affluence division every day. I mean... I'm not cool enough nor young enough to understand the fact that you can be TikTok famous. 
I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get, you know, all the followers, and I'm not cool enough, I'm not young enough, I get all that, but that's affluence. People stumbling on themselves for a TikTok famous person. I'm going, who they? I don't know them, so they can't be that famous, right? Because affluence is relative. It's relative depending on where you're at. And the sad part is in society, you know, let's just think about this. Just go with me. People walk in here every day. Nobody trips over themselves to go and talk to them or whatever. But if you had a movie star walk in that back door or a TikTok star, I mean, half of us wouldn't know who they are, but they, they would. And we would go, oh, they're famous? Great. They got like a, you know, a million views. Okay. I, don't get me on it. I can't even go into <laughs> Woo-hoo. I just don't care, so I guess that's what it is. We would trip over ourselves to get to someone affluent, and, and Paul challenges us in James. He says, listen, be careful. James challenges us. Be careful not to let that divide you. So how do we get unified? How, we, how do we become indivisible? I have three thoughts I want to give you before you leave today about how do we become unified as one. How do we become one? There was a study that was made about churches. 8,600 churches, 8,600 churches were surveyed. In this survey, they asked the people of those churches, what has brought you here? What brought you into this church? What connected you to this church? What made you feel a part of this church? What did take place? And they had on there, they had the music, they had the preaching, they had uh, decor, like the appearance and how things look. They had on there um, the friendliness of people. They had on there uh, small groups. They had all these different categories on there. Number one, dominant, number one trait that people connected with was the love that I felt in that place, the love I felt. Take away the preacher, take away the music, take away the ambiance, take away all the things that we put a lot of stock and, and interest into. The number one thing that the world and that the, the, the community of Christ needs more than anything is love, more love, more grace, more acceptance given to those around us. So that leads me to my three thoughts I want to give you about how we can be a church and how we can set the trend in our world today full of division. How can we be unified so when people come in, they will feel the love of Christ? The first one is this, accept everybody. Accept everybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, accept. Turn to someone else and say, they didn't get it. Accept. There you go. I like that. Thank you. Accept everybody. Now listen, acceptance does not mean approval. I'm going to clarify that in a minute. Acceptance does not mean approval. I accept everyone because every single person is a child of God, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Lifestyle is something that possibly does not line up with God's word. So while I accept the person, I may not be able to accept the sin. 
Now, this is, this is a sticky point because we live in a world full of universal acceptance and not just acceptance, but approval and applaud. Not only do people want me as a Christ follower to accept homosexuality, but they want me to approve it and even applaud it. What I say is this. I accept, but I don't applaud. Because to applaud is to condone. And if scripture, if absolute truth is against it, I have to stand on what absolute truth says. And all of Christ followers say, the world would try to rewrite this. And you, did you see that's what's going on? Young people, do you see that's what's happening to you today? That because people don't like something, young people, your culture or the culture today, the cancel culture, says, we don't like it, so we're just going to rewrite it. We don't like the history of the United States, so we're going to rewrite it. We're going to put in what we think is the right thing, but it doesn't change the truth is the truth. You cannot rewrite what God says. Now, this is not popular preaching today because it doesn't tickle the ears. It doesn't make us feel good about necessarily where we're at. But again, what I will say is this. We accept, accept one another just as Christ accepted you, Romans says. We accept and we love and we care for and we bring them to a place. We allow them to find Jesus, not in our timing, not in our place. We allow the Holy Spirit to touch their life and to help them navigate through those challenges of life. Cross you is a place where people who are sick come to a hospital to find healing. Cross you is supposed to be the hospital where people who are hurting in life, find hope. Because why? Jesus is the hope of the world. There's no one perfect. There's no one without error. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we accept, we don't applaud, and we don't just say passively, well, that's okay. We allow God to move their hearts in his timing. Second thought I have for this, for you is this. Not only do we accept everybody, we appreciate everybody. We appreciate them for the fearfully and wonderfully made creation of God that they are. I look at our young girls, I look at our young men, and I look at their growing, I look at them developing, and I am enamored by their lives and by what they're, what they're, uh, what they're going through, their beauty, their, their, their individuality. It's so interesting that these girls that are turning into these beautiful young women, let God be who God is in you and don't try to be like every other girl, especially those TikTok girls. Be yourself. Be fearfully and beautifully and wonderfully made because God created you that way. Here's what Philippians chapter 2, verse 35 says. Do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not only look to your own interests, but to the interests of others around you. We love, we care for, we accept, I appreciate, we appreciate. I appreciate your political thoughts. Even though they may not line up with mine, I appreciate them. I appreciate your thoughts about other things, even though they may not line up with mine. The last thing is this, we affirm everybody. Number three, we affirm 
everybody. What's that mean? Here's what it means. First Thessalonians 5, 11, encourage one another and build each other up. Affirm, affirm. Stop waiting for someone to compliment you. Go compliment somebody else. Stop waiting for somebody to, to encourage you and be like, you're amazing, blah, blah. Go encourage somebody else. Go lift them up and say, you know what? You're so smart. Gosh, you're smart. You are so sweet. You're so kind. I wish I was that kind. I wish I was that, I was, I wish I was that generous. Encourage, affirm, lift others up. You see someone down and discouraged, don't stomp them down even more. Go and lift them up. Affirm them and be loving and kind, courteous, be positive, speak life and not death. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27 says, from, from, For now we are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are no longer Jews or Greeks or slave or free men or even men or women. We are Christ followers. We're one. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, help us today to be one. The world tries to divide. The world tries to separate. The world tries to, to get our attentions focused on appearance or an outside thing. But God, help us to be one as a church. Help us to start right here, right now in the church. Love each other. Care for each other. Be there for each other. Help us to encourage, to love, to pull out things about each other and say, listen, I love this about you. This is something I see in you. And man, God did good. So Lord, I pray that you will do that right now. Head bowed and eyes closed. I just feel like there's those of you here today who were discouraged. That maybe today you're here and your self-esteem has been beaten down. Maybe you look in the mirror and you beat yourself down. I just feel like someone here today just needs to hear this. Listen, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God created you in the beauty that you are. When you look in the mirror, God wants you to know he created perfection in his eyes. So with your head bowed, if you're here today, you're discouraged in life. Maybe you have a job situation that's pressing up against you. Maybe there's something that you're facing that's really hurtful or really painful you're going through. Or maybe it's a relationship that's strained or feels broken. Whatever it is, right there where you're at, with your head bowed, eyes closed. Father God, be their way maker. Be the promise keeper that says, you created us. You made us fearfully and wonderfully. I pray that God will guide and direct their steps and let them know that they are beautiful to you. And God, I pray for unity in the church, that we would be one, that the enemy would try to divide, but God, you would bring us together as one, one mind, one heart, one savior, one voice that says no matter what, we will stand with each other, locked arm in arm. We are unified as one. I thank you, God, that you're with us. I thank you that you guide and direct us. Now, 
God, we pray over our country over the next several, uh, over the next nine days and the political chess match that's going to be going on. Let us not let it infect our souls and our spirits. But God, I pray, you challenge us every day to pray, to seek your face, and to trust you, God. Trust you. God, you will be our way maker. No matter what, no matter what the elections hold, you are our way maker, our promise keeper. Light in the darkness. So Lord, I pray that you would do this. You would be our way maker, promise keeper, our light in the darkness, because that is who you are. Can we sing that? You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Father, that is who you are. So I pray you guide and direct our steps. Let us serve you with our lives. Give us your strength every single day to not just allow you to be a way maker, but we're way makers in our own life. We're leading the way of unity in our family, in our community, in our nation, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.